This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville Speedway, and 10th Street next to Ben Davis High School for great specials, including the two for $2.50 and two for $5. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey of the Kevin Kersey Agency. The Kevin Kersey Insurance Agency, a member of the Farmers Insurance Group, can help you with your home, life, auto, or business needs. And our phone number is 317-286-3481. We can also be found on Facebook at the Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. And you're always welcome to stop in at 480 East Northfield Drive, Suite 300 in Brownsburg. Hey, Hendricks County, this is radio and TV commentator Abdul Hakim Shabazz, the editor and publisher of IndyPolitics.org. It's the place where smart Hoosiers get their news. Although the state house is just a few miles away, we know sometimes it seems like a million miles. But you know what? When it comes to issues like road funding, schools, putting more Hoosiers to work, and fighting the drug epidemic, those issues hit close to home. That's why we want you to bookmark IndyPolitics.org. At IndyPolitics.org, we bring you in-depth, comprehensive coverage of the big issues facing Indiana. And we also bring you Indiana's newsmakers in their entirety. And here's what's even better doesn't cost you a thing. So pay us a visit, indypolitics.org. It's where smart Hoosiers get their news. The Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Today's program is made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency. And now here's your host, Rob Kendall. Welcome into another edition of Central Indiana Today. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us. This time we say hello to our good friend, Indiana State Senator John Crane. John, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you, Rob? I'm great. You brought your uh, adult supervision with you today. I did. I have my uh, daughter, Emma, with me, and she just uh, finished up second grade, so she's now officially a third grader. That's exciting. But she's with me today as my bodyguard and right-hand woman. That's exciting. So, session ends. What do you do? You go back to, like, your real job, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I tell people I go back into the real world um, when I'm not pretending to be a politician. I was under what became apparently apparent to me a delusion that once <laughs> the Senate was over, then I'd have the opportunity to catch up on sleep and things like that. No. But the reality is you just kind of pivot your attention back to some of those things you put on the back burner for a while. So you were, uh, picture of you yesterday, you were in the governor's office. Yes. Bill signing. Tell us about that. Yeah, that was uh, actually last week. And uh, it was for the bill, a House Bill 1555, which basically is supporting our law enforcement men and women, uh, specifically uh, benefits for uh, death benefits for reserve officers who may be killed in the line of duty for their families. And this is um, actually an effort that has been undertaken by Representative Peggy Mayfield for about five years in trying to get this to happen. And so um, I was privilege to just kind of sign on to that and be supportive of it and uh, the governor signed it into law so we're real excited about that so take us through what a bill signing is like i mean you're in the big office all sure. the paintings and everything else tell yeah. us what that's like yeah well it's it's neat I, i've been in there a couple of times we had another one uh, with a group of folks that have various disabilities and the gist of that bill which was senate bill 390 had to do with um, providing more employment opportunities for those with disabilities. So typically what you have is you'll wait out in the anteroom um, waiting area 
and then when it's your time they call you back into the governor's office he's back there with members of his staff and so in either case it seems like the mob man everybody come back <laughs> yes exactly they give you the official green light and you make your way back into the inner sanctum but uh typically you'll have guests that uh, may be associated with that bill so when we did the bill signing for those with disabilities it was the, the room was just filled with just great folks who'd been a part of this. And, right. and really, many of them were citizen activists, which was fantastic. And so in this most recent one last week was uh, law enforcement officers and so forth. So you go back, there's a table there, and the governor um, says a few words, talks about the bill, gives the primary author and, and sponsor opportunities to speak to it. And then uh, he signs it into law. They take a few pictures, and you smile big. Is there media there? Um, not typically uh, media, external media. They've got, uh, you know, their folks inside the, the Capitol and the governor's office. And even, you know, many of the legislators have press folks there. But Is it like, uh, I picture like Trump at NATO where he's elbowing people out of the way to get to the front of the photo. Is that, is that how it works? Well, no, not, it's not, <laughs> it's not uh, that cutthroat. It's, it's pretty congenial. Um, everybody's just glad to be there and be supportive of good legislation and, Really, it is a privilege just to be a part of it. Uh, I was a very, very small part of it. Um, but to be able to be a part of good legislation that if, that hopefully helps people, uh, that's what we're all about. Again, uh, Program Central Indiana Today, I'm Rob Kendall. along with John Crane, State Senator, Hendricks and Putnam Counties. What sort of feedback did you get from people while you were in session? What sort of letters do you get? I guess they're probably not letters anymore, but emails, phone calls. What do you get from people? Yeah, actually, um, believe it or not, we do get letters as well. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, we get letters, emails, phone calls, and face-to-face conversations. And so in this role, it's a more public role. So depending on where you are in life, you you could be out. This happens to me all the time. You're out eating somewhere, and somebody comes up and and either says hello or or (laughs) lobbies you on a bill, which is fine. That's all part of it, you know. And, And people are overall, they're very respectful in that way. But... A lot of the inquiries that you get, the communication that you get, is folks asking you to advocate one way or another on a bill. Um, frankly, a lot of it is negative. You know, a lot of people kind of, you're an easy target, and so there's uh, plenty of people that have certain things to say, and I've gotten some, unfortunately, I've gotten a few pretty extreme oh, communications really? from people. Yeah. So are, do you yeah. get more don't vote for this letters than you get do vote for this letters um it's hard to it's hard to quantify i I think you get um it seems fairly balanced i mean it just kind of depends on where their worldview is where's their starting point you know i come from a more conservative philosophy so obviously depending on what the bill is and whether that person is conservative or liberal kind of determines what position they want me to take do do are the majority of correspondence from people in your district or people outside of your district yeah most of it's from people inside the district there are some communications that come from outside the district and do you listen to those i do frankly i mean there's a tendency to 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 there's a natural tendency to kind of dismiss them well they're not in the district but that's not the way i view it uh the way i view it is uh, obviously the people in my district are my first priority but as a member of the legislature I actually serve all Hoosiers because the decisions that we make in the state house have a ripple effect that goes all the way across the state. So if somebody writes in, um, we certainly want to try to answer that as best we can. Sometimes the sheer volume 
of communications that we get. I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of communiques uh, causes me to yeah. <laughs> not be as efficient in responding, but certainly my heart's desire is to respond. Well, and I'm sure you got written up in, on the blackboard because in the Republican caucus eyes, you might have had some bad behavior because you voted against the caucus on some things. Do they sit you down at the beginning and be like, hey, we're all on the same team together? How does that go? What sort of pressure do you get? from uh, your fellow legislators. Well, it, it's interesting because they, they do talk about the need to stick together, and to a degree I agree with that. I mean, I want to be a team player as much as the next person. Uh, but being a team player assumes that the team is pointed in the right direction. Right. And on certain things, if it goes against my deeply held beliefs or it goes against the Constitution or in some cases it just goes against common sense, um, I'm not necessarily going to go with the caucus. And there was a few things where I felt like um, the caucus, the general consensus wasn't exactly where I am. Uh, the other point of tension there is when you have constituents that are wanting you to advocate for something and the official kind of caucus position is not the same, what do you do? And so uh, I you know, had points of tension there as well, and it has put me in the doghouse a few times, but as I tell people, I don't mind being in the doghouse as long as there's enough leg room. <laughs> now, does do, do leadership come to you and uh, say, are you sure you want to do this? I mean, what when you vote against the caucus and the stuff you voted against, you, all, you had great reasons for, but what is that approach like as a freshman legislator? Well, and I'll, I'll speak to a comment you just made there. As long as you have a solid reason, I mean, at the end of the day, I had a fellow legislator say to me, your vote is your vote. Don't forget that. And he was exactly right. So if you have a solid reason for why you're voting for or against something, that's important. There have been points at which I have been talked to uh, by members of the caucus, by the governor's office, expressing displeasure at votes that now I have Now, this also taken. sounds like the mafia. Yeah, they yeah. take you in a room, a couple guys <laughs> <laughs> well, around chairs. Yeah, you have this, this kind of impression that you're in that darkened room with the single <laughs> light bulb. You know? It's nothing like that. But... Uh, there is there is lobbying. I mean, that's what it is. There is a tendency to uh, try to encourage you to vote a certain way. Now, the reality is, because we have 41 Republicans in the Senate, you have a supermajority, which means more often than not, they don't need your vote. Yeah, so, right? so does that so make them care less? There's less pressure, right? I was under the impression I had more of that caricature of the of the you know interrogation. <laughs> it, it didn't happen nearly as often as I would have expected. Do you think if it were closer, they'd be a little more hardcore about I it? I think absolutely, because you need every vote at that point. And there's key pieces of legislation that you're trying to get passed. And uh, if the majorities were closer, in that respect, I think it would create healthier dialogue. Uh, I think it would actually probably create better legislation even, because it forced people to have to really wrestle through is this the best decision we can make with the information we have? Get our guest, Indiana State Senator John Crane. You're a very independent thinker, and um, I'm curious, do you believe many of your colleagues share that same independence as you? Because you're you're a smart guy, but you're not seeing things other people aren't seeing. I mean, right. are, is it just a go-along-to-get-along thing, or why is it that the votes often line up the way they do along party lines? Well, there's a lot of variables at play. I mean, I'm an independent thinker, but I'm not um, inherently a rebel. I mean, most people that know me, I think, and maybe I'm projecting here, but I think would assume I'm a pretty reasonable, easy-to-get-along-with kind of person. 
Um, but as you remember, when we campaigned, we campaigned on courage when it counts. And what that means is, number one, you tell people where you stand on the issues ahead of time so that they know what they're getting. And if they want to vote you in, they vote you in. Number two, if you get elected, which I did, then when the time comes to make the hard call, you you stand by those same positions. And I've tried to do that to the best of my ability. And so that's that's the approach I've taken. Ironically, I made an intentional effort to try to kind of stay below the radar, to listen and learn, and, and to not be nearly as vocal as I've been in my normal life. And you can kind of lay under the radar for a while until your first vote comes, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, you're up on, you're up on the big board. You, you voted, and I believe it reflected the will of your constituents, against some of the, the hot-button topics, the gasoline tax, the budget. Um, when you do that, is it like all eyes are on you and you close your eyes and hit the red button? I picture it like a game show or something. How, how does that go? Well, you know, it's, uh, it's not nearly like a game show, though. Sometimes I feel like I'm in a game show. Um, it is one where you put, you put your vote down. I mean, they, uh, folks that have been down to the state house, maybe been on the floor of the Senate, will see there's kind of an electronic box and there's a green button and a red button. And the green is I vote for this and the red is I vote against it. And so... All those votes are showing up on the big board, which is right. Yeah, above I'm picturing it like remember the government. game with Howie Mandel where the briefcases and you got to yeah, hit yeah. the one and the briefcase exactly. opens. Yeah, this one, uh, this one, you don't slam it too hard. You, you, but <laughs> when you vote, it's out there, and that's that's part of the job too. And so there is a certain. I mean, who doesn't want to get along with people, right? It's the very rare person that is the right. uh, curmudgeon. Sure, most people want to be liked. I want to be liked but not at the expense of giving up my convictions and my principles. And so if and when those times come where popularity comes up against principle, then I choose principle. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with John about some of the big issues that face the legislature this year. We'll talk about the gas tax. We'll talk about education and a whole bunch more. You're listening to Central Indiana Today. Participate in global diplomacy and bring the world to the Hoosier State and your home. AUSA is a top-tier nonprofit agency that matches exceptional high school students with qualified host families for a rewarding exchange experience that cultivates leadership skills, develops intercultural awareness, and enhances local families and communities. For more information about hosting a student or studying abroad, visit www.ayusa.org. That's www.ayusa.org or call 415 415- 231-3871. That's 415-231-3871. This is Amanda Johnson with Wiley's Brownsburg. Wiley's is a locally owned ice cream shop located at 1022 East Main Street in Brownsburg. We offer delicious ice cream cones, sundaes, shakes, malts, and bubble tea. Wiley's is open Sunday through Thursday, 1230 to 9. Friday and Saturday, 12 to 9.30. More information about our flavors and specialty Sundays can be found on our Facebook page or Instagram account by searching Wiley's Brownsburg. Wiley's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today. Go Bulldogs! This is Jody Harley with Brownsburg Academy. Brownsburg Academy provides childcare for families with classes focusing on child development. Brownsburg Academy provides daily activity reports, progress reports, and monthly newsletters to parents. Our hours of operations are 6 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. Brownsburg Academy is located at 685 Patrick Place. More information can be found at brownsburgacademy.com or by calling 317-858-2000. 
1-800-273-8033. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio. You're listening to Central Indiana Today. I'm Rob Kendall along with Indiana State Senator John Crane. All right, so one year in the books. Was it what you thought it would be? Well, that's a good question, and it's one that I get asked quite a bit. Um, I had a fairly... I would say I had a fairly good understanding of what it was going to be like just from observing the process and having friends that are part of the legislature or have been part of the legislature. I would say generally it was what I thought it would be. Um, Frankly, in the ways that it was not what I thought it would be, it was better in that I came to just develop increasing respect for uh, those that are my colleagues. It's not easy. It is not easy. And I, I have increasing respect for the Republican leadership. Uh, they don't always make the decisions. When I was a citizen, average citizen, uh, you know, some of the decisions are frustrating, but uh, it's easy to to have a caricature right. when you're standing on the outside <laughs> yeah. of who they are and why they're all a bunch of bumps. Yeah. And then when you get on the inside... Um, I think if you're open-minded and reasonable, you begin to be a little more empathetic and go, whoa, there is a lot of moving parts here. There is a lot of really, really big issues. Of course, there's a lot of money going around. And genuinely, on the whole, I think folks are trying to make the best decisions they can make. Now, what's best in a given situation? That's where I may disagree with my colleagues on how we go down that road. So walk us through the first time you see your name in print, like Crane voted for whatever. Because, I mean, you're, you're used to, you're a newspaper writer, you sure. wrote a newspaper column, so you're used sure. to media. But is it weird, like, seeing in, say, the Hendricks County Flyer, people talking about you being in an event or how you voted about something? Because I see your name a lot now. Yeah. Well, the, the, the biggest one that, when that happened was um, I was one of <laughs> what Brian Howey called four Republican defectors. <laughs> on the issue of the state school superintendent. And the gist of that issue was the bill was changing that from an elected position where the citizens of Indiana elect the state school superintendent to an appointed position where the governor appoints. And so when that bill came through my committee, um, I was one of a handful of Republicans that voted for it in committee. So when it came to me, the vote was two to two, and I voted for it to get it on the full floor because it's such a big issue. I think that all the senators should weigh in. Well, then as I was listening to dialogue and so forth and uh, hearing the debate, then I decided to vote against it, and that bill initially failed in the first half of session. And so there was this big article on the Howey Report <laughs> that um, had my picture and had... <laughs> Three of the other Republicans, the defectors, you know. Well, is it? Did he? Was it a good photo? Was it a good photo of you? Well, it was the photo that they've used at the Senate. So you decide if that's okay. a good I one mean, or not. Okay, I mean, it's not some grainy. No, no, no. It wasn't know. anything like that. You know, pulled like where they swooped in on yeah. my Facebook page and <laughs> pulled something off there. Yeah. So, you know, you see that, and that's part of it too. You, you, if you, if you have thin skin, politics is not the business. It is not the business for people with thin skin. You've got to be able to just kind of take it as it comes, be willing to stand by your decisions, be willing to own decisions where you didn't do it right. And I've had to do that as well. There's a bunch of different ways to, to 
approach this, do you read the stuff? Like, do you read the things people write about you? If somebody goes, hey, Crane, how I wrote about you. Do you Dep- read it? Depends if it's positive. Because <laughs> <laughs> no. I used to, I really yeah. admit, I used to read it all, and I would yeah. laugh at yeah. like 99%. Of, I thought it was great. It was great entertainment. Yeah. But some people can't do that. Well, I read some of it. I mean, honestly, I don't necessarily read it all just from a time standpoint. I don't have time to read it all. Oh, but, there was nothing better than me but reading about myself, yeah, yeah, you know? Right. Well, that doesn't surprise You've me, Rob. Much, that does much not more, surprise me. Much more humility than I did. <laughs> no, but I loved it. I thought, this is great. These people are this whatever about me. This yeah, is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I read some of it. Um, and, you know, the stuff that's really negative, because you have, you have people that are more than willing to provide unsolicited opinions about you, your family, <laughs> and whoever, and are genuinely really rude, disrespectful about right. it. I don't have time for that. It doesn't necessarily affect me personally as much as people might think because I just think, well, those those folks don't even know me. They don't know who I am. They don't know what I'm about. Um, now, if they go after my family, that's a different thing. But if it's me, uh, typically that stuff rolls off my back and we move on because I can't be slowed down by the critics. You know, there's too many things we're trying to do. How much does having a family affect you in this job? Because... When I was in public service, I was not married and didn't have kids, so people could say whatever they want about me. And at the end of the day, I'm I'm still going to go have a cold beverage with my buddies, and sure. we're going to look at the stuff and laugh at it. Sure. But imagine if you have a wife that's out there and kids, it's different. Well, it is different uh, in two ways, primarily. One, uh, if they go after your wife and kids, uh, which I've had some of that, uh, that's a problem. I don't. There's kind of an unwritten rule in politics, family, and you know, it's right. kind of off limits. But secondly, um, how it impacts them, even if folks are coming after me, right? My kids, even Emma here, is old enough to read, and she reads well. And, you know, I expose my kids. Takes after her mother. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, I expose my kids to the newspapers and things like that, just trying to get them up to speed. So they're aware of what's going on. And, and when they see somebody going after dad, that isn't always valuable to them. And so we have to talk that through and just say, look, part of that's the price of leadership if yeah. you're going to take a stand on something you got to be willing to take the heat now where i get frustrated and, and you and i've had kind of passing comments about this is the lack of civility in our culture right and it to me it continues to be that way where we we've gotten to a point where we can't just you know respectfully agree to disagree and still have a civil dialogue it's if I don't agree with you, then I'm going to kind of strap on the verbal boxing gloves and see if I can beat you into the ground. I don't think that's good for anybody. How much does the president have to do with that? Because, you know, there's a handful of guys like me who got disenchanted with the political process, and this dude comes along, and it's the guy we always wanted, and now is he egging it on? Uh, Yeah, he's definitely egging it on. I don't necessarily think that egging it on is always a bad thing. I think it goes back to the way in which you do it. One of the things I really appreciate about President Trump is his backbone, his willingness to to make the hard calls, take the heat, push back when necessary. One of the things I don't appreciate is the way in which he does that sometimes, where if he had done it, and and I'm just going to compare him, if he had done it more in the way that Mike Pence might have done it, but still had the same backbone, you're like, okay, that I can get behind. So I don't necessarily think that he caused it, but I think it, this idea of incivility has existed for probably the onset of social media, honestly. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's, if you know your history, you know, it's nothing's new. So it's, they've been around for a while, but social media makes, takes it to a different level. I think it existed 
and he came along, and it's become kind of a, a fit for him yeah, to because, be able to leverage a that. A guy like me sees Trump get off the elevator in June of 2015 and come down there and give that speech and go, yes, I don't even agree with this guy on everything, but yes, this is the dude we waited for. Can we ever circle back to a Mike Pence? I mean, will we ever be able to go back to the way it was? I think we can, but I think it, it's up to us, right? We each have got to take our own responsibility for what we post. And I'm not just talking about liberals. Liberals are easy targets <clears throat> for conservatives, right? But let's be honest. Conservatives don't always do a good job either. In our, in our passion or our frustration with the issues, we move past the issue and we move to the person that's articulating the issue. And in my mind, we cross a line that doesn't help the debate. And in fact, I would argue, hinders our ability to be able to advance what are, to me, the better ideas. And so you've got to be able to combine good ideas with clear communication and mutual respect for those with whom we disagree. All right, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show. We're going to talk to John a couple about, about a couple of the big votes he had to take this year. Several of them not in line with the GOP. We'll talk about that next. You're listening to Central Indiana Today. Rob Kendall here, speaking with Donald James from Impact Youth Mentoring. Donald, what is Impact Youth Mentoring? Rob, we are a not-for-profit group pairing mentors with at-risk youth in Hendricks County and developing tomorrow's leaders. How long has Impact Youth been around and how many children have been impacted? We were formed in 2011 and have impacted more than 125 kids through our mentoring and after-school tutoring services. So how can folks get involved with Impact Youth? We are always in need of some good folks who are interested in becoming a mentor for children in Hendricks County who could use mentoring. And if someone wants more information... You can find us on Facebook by searching Impact Youth Mentoring or at our website, impactyouthmentoring.org. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. You're listening to Central Indiana Today. I'm Rob Kendall along with Indiana State Senator John Crane. All right, John, as we wrap up here, you had to cast some big votes this sure. year. Yep. If I were to grade you, I would give you an A. I thought you did Well, thank you, great. Rob. I thought you did very great. Um, no, I think on all the key <laughs> issues, and I think what the reason you were voted in was people were looking... And we weren't getting it with the previous representation that said Hendricks County, Putnam County first, GOP second. And I think on some key issues, you took some really hard votes. Let's start with the big one, the superintendent that you got a lot of flack for. Why mm -hmm. did you vote against making superintendent a point of position? Well, you know, it's interesting because I hadn't really done a lot of deep thinking about that issue prior to it coming before me. And so even when I came into the floor debate, I just thought, well, you know, I can see, I can definitely make the case for why this should be an appointed position. I'll probably vote for it. I don't know. I'll listen to the debate. So then I'm listening, and the more I'm listening, for me, the more I realized, number one, the significance of what we're talking about. <clears throat> but two, I realized I had to get personalities out of the way. Part of the reason why this particular issue has become so uh, controversial is because of superintendents that we've had you know i would say the two previous superintendents both were a bit controversial and yeah, so they didn't win any popularity contest right so to me what i decided was i've got to get personalities out of the equation and simply ask myself the question should the power <clears throat> be in the hands of more people or less people 
when it comes to something like this. And when you ask yourself that question, to me as a conservative, the answer is very obvious. We live in a republic that is guided by founding documents which emphasize we the people are sovereign. And so in that case, uh, the people should have the right to vote. Now, I had a very good discussion with the governor about this. No, is it the governor himself? Because usually it's some little little, yes. little well, bureaucrat that comes in and says, ah, the governor doesn't really appreciate right. my vote. Initially, I had, a, I had some significant communication from folks from his office. But then when it came back around the second time, the governor spoke with me yeah, direct, Holcomb himself. directly on this issue. And, and he's a friend of mine, and uh, we get along very well. And we had a very cordial um, debate about this on the different sides. And, and I said, look, I understand this. I, I understand your point about making an appointed position, but it's 52% of the budget is K-12 through funding and people should have the, the say. And he said, well, in that case, then shouldn't we take other departments and put them up to a vote? You know, who heads the department? I said, well, you could actually make the <laughs> argument for that, right? Go ahead, put, go ahead <clears throat> and push it, right? Now, the issue then became, okay, but are the people informed enough to make the decision? And I said to him, I said, that's a fair point. The people are not informed, and that responsibility is on them. But our responsibility, as far as I see it, is to protect the mechanisms by which they have the ability to be able to have a voice. If we can do that and they do their part to be informed, then that is what creates our system. And so that's why I ultimately voted against it uh, both times, and that is my position. The more I've talked about it, the firmer my position has become on and, that. And that shows you you've done the right thing. Another big issue you voted up against, and you did the right thing, even though you were sort of like charging up the hill where you knew the machine guns were waiting for you, sure. was on the gasoline tax. Uh, why did you decide to vote against that? Well, there was a there was a few issues on that. Um, one, uh, I'm not a fan of, of increased taxes. Um, so... Well, the GOP is not supposed to be a fan well, of increased taxes. Right. Now, to be fair, uh, I think the GOP and conservatives in particular need to go um, and have some deep discussions on how do we create a, a comprehensive, robust, and consistent philosophy on taxation. Okay? Are we against taxes, period? Well, no. So if we're not against any taxes, you know, then what do we think is the government's appropriate role and when taxes should be applied? And for me, there's two key areas, ironically. One is uh, defense and s safety and security, those kinds of things. And the others would probably be roads and infrastructure. So um, I think if you were going to make a case for a tax increase, this might be a place to make it. Uh, the other couple of issues for me were there were some pretty major um, pretty major questions that I needed answers to, and it was tough to get information. I'm not saying the information wasn't out there, but in the time frame that we had to make what was initially billed as a $22 billion decision, <laughs> I was not able to get the answers to the questions like, that I felt uh, I needed. It's like getting a loan. Just sign here and we'll, well build a you know, later. And as a freshman, you're at a huge disadvantage. Right. You do not have any of the history. Uh, you don't even have the connections to INDOT and to some of these other organizations. So you're depending on a lot of different people, and you're trying to trust that people are giving you good information. And so between that and what I felt was um, not enough conversation about such a massive issue, I mean, relative to all the other issues we debated, we had a, a lot of conversation, but the reality is we had less than, I calculated it, we had less than six hours of conversation <laughs> in caucus. 
and in other meetings. So wait a second. This whole Rhodes Bill thing. I mean, I spent that much alone on WIBC talking about this. Well, you guys had like six hours together? And, and, and you got to keep it in mind. I mean, it seems in, in what I call the real world, that's a pittance. Right. In legislative time, that's an eternity. And so that goes back to a conversation we had the last time I visited on the sheer number of bills that you're trying to wrestle through. So I'm not necessarily saying that as a as a criticism. It's just, man, I need more time. Yeah. I need more time to verify in my own mind and heart that, yes, this is, in fact, the best option. We know the roads need to be addressed. We absolutely know that. The question is, what's the best way to go about it? You know, guys, Indiana State Senator John Crane, the other big one that you voted against, the biggest of them all, was the budget. Mm -hmm. And uh, good job on that, too, by the way. Uh, Why did you do that? Well, you know, it's interesting because we had a $32 billion budget. I don't know if people fully realize this, but Indiana goes on a two-year budget cycle. So this year was a budget year. And when we were wrestling that through, one of the big conversations I was having was with folks in Avon uh, about the school system and trying to make sure that they got the money they needed. And so we were having lots of conversations. I had lots of conversations with Dr. Horneman and her staff and with uh, Representative Thompson, Representative Sturwald, doing everything we could to try to help solve that problem. And in the midst of all that, the school runs came out they felt the pinch even more. And so it was one of these where it's like, okay, we're running out of options. The only other option to try to gain a little more time might be to try to s- slow down or stop the budget process so that we can take a fresh look at this. I heard from the Oriole Advocates, which is a great citizen activist group that came out of Avon, and they've been going for about three years, and they're beginning to get stronger and more organized. And I've always encouraged them in that, you know, and they said, oh, please help, you know, vote against the budget. So, Basically, uh, there's a protocol that, if, especially on the big bills, if you're going to vote against somebody's bill, you go tell the author of that bill. So Did I, you know that? Yes. Okay, all right. So I, I told you that. Yeah, so I went up to Senator Kenley, and I just said, just so you know, um, I'm not going to be voting for the budget this time around because of the situation in Avon. And um, so I told him, and then I went and voted. And um, <clears throat> I voted against it. And then I look up on the big board and realize that it's all the Democrats voted against it and me. <laughs> I was the only Republican, and, and I do, don't say that to pat myself on the back. I say that because it was a bit of a surprise. Honestly, I said, well, I thought there was going to be at least a couple other Republicans <laughs> that would vote against this for different reasons. Was there any sort of pushback? Yes, there was. Um, um, I would say, basically, I, I heard from the leadership on this one um, both in the moment and afterward, and uh, what do they that's say to okay. you? Like, what do they say to you? Like you're not entitled to vote your conscience? No, I don't. No, I don't know that anybody would say that. I don't think that's a fair statement. Um, I do think that it raises the issue, and this has been part of the conversation. And frankly, it's a it's a good it's a good thinking process to consider, which is. What kind of senator do you want to be? I mean, how do you how do you want to approach this? And there's a there's a balance between okay, is everything a non-negotiable? Is everything a principled stand, or are there things that are negotiable? And how do you figure out what's what? And so yes, that was one of those where I was put in the doghouse. I mean, that vote it still passed 38 to 10, 
right? And one of the first things that I did was I talked to my press guy on the floor two minutes after that vote and just said, look, I'm not taking any press inquiries. <laughs> this isn't about me trying to draw attention to myself or trying to cast anybody else in a negative light. That is not what this was about. This was about trying to take, it, if nothing else, at least show moral support towards a school in my district, and that's why I did it. Um, when it ultimately came back around, I think we ultimately helped Avon a little bit um, in that respect, all those meetings and all these different things, but when it finally came back around, I had ultimately voted for the budget, um, but that was the reason initially why I voted against it. John, great job as always. Uh, look forward to uh, chatting with you again in the near future. Thank you. It's always good to be here, Rob. Don't forget, if you missed any part of today's show, check out the podcast anytime you want. We're on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search Central Indiana today. Download the show right to your smartphone or tablet. Go back and listen anytime you want. As always, the podcast presented by McDonald's. Until next time, I'm Rob Kendall saying have yourself a great evening. You've been listening to the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency. An archive of today's program can be heard at our website, wyrz.org. Tune in next time for another edition of the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today with your host, Rob Kendall. This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville Speedway, and 10th Street, next to Ben Davis High School, for great specials, including the two for two fifty and two for $5. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey. Since 1968, our family has been helping customers with their insurance needs. We provide insurance coverage for life, home, auto, and recreational vehicles. And our phone number is 317-286-3481. The Kevin Kersey Agency can also be found on Facebook at The Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. And you're always welcome to stop in at 480 East Northfield Drive, Suite 300 in Brownsburg. The Kevin Kersey Agency is a proud member of the Farmers Insurance Group. Participate in global diplomacy and bring the world to the Hoosier State and your home. AUSA is a top-tier nonprofit agency that matches exceptional high school students with qualified host families for a rewarding exchange experience that cultivates leadership skills, develops intercultural awareness, and enhances local families and communities. For more information about hosting a student or studying abroad, visit www.ayusa.org. That's www.ayusa.org or call 415 415- 231-3871. That's 415-231-3871. Hey, Hendricks County, this is radio and TV commentator Abdul Hakim Shabazz, the editor and publisher of IndyPolitics.org. It's a place where smart Hoosiers get their news. Although the state house is just a few miles away, we know sometimes it can seem like a million miles. But you know what? When it comes to issues like road funding, schools, putting more Hoosiers to work, and fighting the drug epidemic, those issues hit close to home. That's why we want you to bookmark IndyPolitics.org. At IndyPolitics.org, we bring you in-depth comprehensive coverage of the big issues faced in Indiana. And we also bring you Indiana's newsmakers in their entirety. And here's what's even better. It doesn't cost you a thing. So pay us a visit. IndyPolitics.org. It's where smart Hoosiers get their news. 
Hi, this is Billy Joe with Three Dimensions Salon, inviting you to come see us at 729 North Green Street, Suite D in Brownsburg. At Three Dimensions, we believe life isn't about finding yourself, it's about creating yourself. Three Dimensions has an awesome array of services, including designer cuts, highlights, and color blending. We are now taking appointments. Find out for yourself the difference we can make by calling 317-852-5577. Get more information about Three Dimensions Salon by liking our Facebook page. This is Amanda Johnson with Wiley's Brownsburg. Wiley's is a locally owned ice cream shop located at 1022 East Main Street in Brownsburg. We offer delicious ice cream cones, sundaes, shakes, malts, and bubble tea. Wiley's is open Sunday through Thursday, 1230 to 9, Friday and Saturday, 12 to 930. More information about our flavors and specialty sundaes can be found on our Facebook page or Instagram account by searching Wiley's Brownsburg. Wiley's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today. Go Bulldogs! This is Jody Harley with Brownsburg Academy. Brownsburg Academy provides child care for families with classes focusing on child development. Brownsburg Academy provides daily activity reports, progress reports, and monthly newsletters to parents. Our hours of operations are 6 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. Brownsburg Academy is located at 685 Patrick Place. More information can be found at brownsburgacademy.com or by calling 317-858-8033. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. Rob Kendall here speaking with Donald James from Impact Youth Mentoring. Donald, what is Impact Youth Mentoring? Rob, we are a not-for-profit group pairing mentors with at-risk youth in Hendricks County and developing tomorrow's leaders. How long has Impact Youth been around and how many children have been impacted? We were formed in 2011 and have impacted more than 125 kids through our mentoring and after-school tutoring services. So how can folks get involved with Impact Youth? We are always in need of some good folks who are interested in becoming a mentor for children in Hendricks County who could use mentoring. And if someone wants more information? You can find us on Facebook by searching Impact Youth Mentoring or at our website, impactyouthmentoring.org. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio.